Hello, friends. You are listening to the Sunday afternoon podcast with Greg Reese. That's me. And today is July 10th, 2022. I'm sending this out to everyone again because last week uh, there was a request for a subject and a lot of people seemed interested in it. There was a bit of a thread there. So I figured we'd talk about it and therefore share it with everyone. We're calling it the enlightenment, the enlightenment, enlightenment of the apocalypse. I had trouble saying that. The enlightenment of the apocalypse. Sometimes you just have to not think about it. So before we get started, just uh, once again, thank you for joining. Uh, thank you for your support, especially my paid subscribers out there. Thank you very much. You are really beginning to make my work uh, possible in the, in the uh, you know, moving forward. Um, I'm, in, I'm enjoying this. I'm glad some of you are too. You know, uh, when I first started doing the podcast, I realized I was just going to be sort of a normal kind of retard, you know, like uh, um, not like a, a show, you know. I mean, I, I, I could, if I, I could speak in a more Ron Burgundy type voice and, and deliver the news in a more professional manner that people are used to and and just speak it as sort of a character. That does seem to be the model that is typically deployed in, like, uh, you know, I guess what we call it, uh, I don't know what we call this. Podcasting, I suppose, is the most direct definition. By the end of the conversation, I think we're going to actually call it art. <clears throat> which is strange. But technically, I think that's what it is. And our art uh, in the Western world has become like pure propaganda. So you get a lot of the Ron Burgundy voices. <clears throat> I always wondered um, if they teach that in broadcasting school. Like, I wonder if in broadcasting school there's a class on how, and how to create your, uh, your character voice. How to develop a radio voice. Or not even a radio voice, like a TV voice even. Hello. Hello. So anyways, I'm glad that a lot of you are enjoying that I'm just a normal retard here talking. And keeping it personal because that's really what I'm an expert at. I'm a... I'll be 52 in a few months, and uh, I'm an expert on, on my perspective, <laughs> you know? On a few different subjects, I'm an expert on my perspective of a few different subjects. That's it, if I'm to be honest. And that's, uh, that makes me basically a normal retard. So thanks for your support. Uh, one more little tidbit of... Um, personal admin stuff before getting on to the subject is I just recently got a comment from a, a, a woman from Serbia who says that she's orthodox and she's interested in living off-grid and she's in Serbia 
and I don't speak Russian, but the name looks like it's probably Jenna. If you would like to speak further, I wouldn't mind emailing you with some questions and maybe, I don't know if you want to even come on the podcast. Does that sound interesting? I think that would be really interesting to talk to someone in Serbia just about life right now because for a lot of reasons, there's been, um, I think there's been, there's some type of relationship between Russia and the United States, maybe just because I grew up here. I don't know. Probably because I grew up in the Cold War and stuff. I don't know, but it seems super interesting. I'd be super interested in asking different questions of, of uh, life in Serbia. So if you're interested in that, shoot a comment to this, and maybe we can work something out. Uh, let me know if you want to maybe do like a, a audio phone call recording. And If you're interested, just a thought. <clears throat> I think it's super interesting that uh, there's a lot, there's a, you know, people listening from all over, you know, Australia, the UK, New Zealand, Europe, Serbia, Canada. Pretty cool. So hello to everyone. I think it'd be interesting. Actually, that's a thought I had before was about the podcast is, is, um, interviewing some of you because just like I said a minute ago how I'm just a normal retard if if you're um if you're an honest person and if you're not wearing if you're not hiding behind a mask which I, a lot of people are and I think that's kind of what we're going to get into with today's subject really I think that has a lot to do with it but if you're a, a genuine person then you're I guarantee and you've lived uh, and you're an adult and you've lived like through some suffering, <clears throat> like most of us, then I guarantee you're going to be an interesting person to talk to, especially if you've lived through some suffering and you've persevered and, uh, and soldiered on through it to victory, maybe to find more suffering <laughs> eventually, you know, then you're even more interesting to talk to. So uh, I'd rather listen to a normal retard every day than... Um, than a phony baloney. Sorry if that word triggers you. It shouldn't. Okay. The Enlightenment of the Apocalypse. This Today's subject was inspired by a question from last week's podcast uh, from a Barry Mack on July 3rd. A topic rarely discussed but impacts many of our lives is how to engage with brainwashed people we care about. Yeah, so I have some notes that I made here. Spoiler alert, I'll give you the short answer right now. I don't really know. <laughs> and like I said, my reply to the question was, I tend to avoid people who are brainwashed. I do. Um, I man it. The only time I would really ever run into them in the past few years would be in the service industry, or, you know, out in public where you run into the, so, you know, people in the public. And that's very rare for me as well. So, um, <clears throat> but I still have a lot to say about it because this is also a question that I have in my head f 
probably it's probably one of the biggest things I have in my head as far as things I ponder. Like, it's an obvious one because for one, that's the threat. You know, the threat isn't the global elite, you know, or the media. I mean, I guess you, yes, you could say it is, but those things fund and psychologically weaponize their army, which is like zombies, the zombie army. And, uh, <clears throat> and so it's that zombie army that's really the, really the problem. Especially when you realize that they don't even know what they're doing, it seems like. I'm convinced now that this is where all the zombie movies came from. It was almost like a somewhat of a psychic recognition or a subconscious, unconscious recognition of what was going on expressed in you know simple horror film art. I always knew there was something to it because um, it's a big thing, you know. Like there's a ton of zombie movies. You can't just say it's because it's simple and easy. No, there's a definitely a there's a draw to it. So, I'm convinced that's what it is now. People saw the zombie army. So, you know, we've we've heard the whole thing about mass psychosis and stuff like that. And that's sort of a nice catchy buzzword, but we, we, it's nothing new that we haven't already known, right? It's like uh, when you see the great little entertaining TV shows of hypnotists, hip, you know, getting people from the audience to like act like chickens or idiots or whatever. You know, we see that, you know, if you dig deeper, if you're into that kind of show, then you see that uh, not everyone's hypnotizable like that, but uh, the part of the trick of the hypnotist is being able to find those people, being able to um, size them up, size up a, cr a crowd and, and find the uh, zombies. It's an interesting thing. And um, I, I have a theory, but we'll get to that. So the first thing I think to, to, to look at is what is awakening? What is this thing that we're, that we're um, wanting to see happen, you know? Well, I suggested in my book... I wrote a, the book I wrote, Sex, Drugs, and Ohm. Ohm is spelled O-M, if you're interested in looking that up. I think I'm going to leave a link to it in this podcast, if you're interested in that book. I do an audio book as well. Uh, in that book, I expressed how it was like my red pill experiences That started for me like in 2004. Really, by 2005, I was 
as red pilled as I am today. You know, I, it was a it was a busy year of rabbit holes and research, and uh, incredible books just digesting and in in a hungry record breaking speed for me. And in that book, in Sex, Drugs, and Home, I allude, I think I allude to the fact that I'm pretty sure I do, because I've always thought this, that this is enlightenment. You know, um, in Eastern traditions, they teach about enlightenment. And it's, a lot of it is uh, old writing. And also, you have to keep in mind the Hindu, the culture is very um, mystical and and shiny and poetic and full of uh, you know depth and allegories and rich details and whatnot. <clears throat> and so maybe that's partially why a lot of the people in America in the West see enlightenment as some sort of uh, you know literal like. For example, in the movie The Matrix, when everything starts turning into code and, and he has magical powers and stuff like that, I think that's kind of way a way a lot of people that I met, at least, seem to think of enlightenment, which is very childlike. We are all very... I mean, I'm very childlike. I think, I, I think we're all children, basically. I mean, we don't live long enough to really get over being childlike, hopefully. But, uh, yeah, I never, I never really thought that made sense because it just seems way too egotistical and fantasy and childlike. Like, oh, if I just, um, you know, clear my head, then eventually I'm just going to poof into some type of super god. <laughs> it's, it's idiotic. So um, what I think it is, though, is what we're calling the Great Awakening, in my opinion, is, is enlightenment on a mass scale. Because if you look at what they describe, what I'm talking about, enlightenment, they're describing, you know, basically... The lifting of the, they're describing the same thing as apocalypse, right? The apocalypse is the revealing of the hidden, the revealing of the unseen, you know, um, darkness into light. You know, out of, uh, uh, you know, out of ignorance, realizing the truth, all these things. Basically, and, and it all, it all suggests that before we're, we were deceived, we were lost in illusion and then through or after enlightenment, we then see things as they really are. That's really all it says. It doesn't say anything about, uh, you know, <clears throat> becoming a god or having like some type of evolved, ascended power. You know, that's all just made up malarkey. So, from what I can see, show me otherwise. 
so, so then what is it? In my experience, the awakening is, you know, people call it, um, you know, rabbit holes because, you know, it has sort of a allegorical picture, I guess. But I think a better one is peeling back layers of the onion. I think that's a better allegory because that's really more what it's like. It's like, and there's, because there's different levels to this whole thing. And uh, you start seeing one thing and, and there's so many different things and, 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 um, but what do you come to in the end? Well, the enlightenment is realizing that basically you're a slave. You were born a slave, right? Like the Matrix. Of course, the Matrix had an allegorical way of, of telling that story. It's also told in the allegory of the caves, sort of the same story, the same enlightenment or the same illusion is taught in the allegory of the caves. Enlightenment is, is just seeing past the illusion. Now, we talked about that, I think, uh, a little bit last week, and then there was one, I think, on the history of slavery or the history of freedom or something like that where we got into it. Uh, basically, yeah, like, like, yeah, we live pretty good today, if you want to call it good. If you want to call, you know, luxuries and conveniences good, I'm not, I'm not saying they're good. I'm not saying they're bad. I'm just, I, I guess I'm questioning whether or not that's a good thing. But we do have a lot of luxuries and conveniences for slaves. So how are we slaves? Well, we're slaves because uh, we, are, we are and always have been exploited and used by a small, powerful elite at, sitting at the top of the pyramid. Whether they were cracking whips on us and having us build things for them, or they were flashing things on a TV screen and making us do things for them. We're just in the modern era. And uh, those of us who are waking up and becoming enlightened to this truth are seeing how real this is and how the slavery is about to move into a, a really advanced stage after a lot of death. That's the plan. So, you know, it's, it's, um, the awakening is not, um, a guarantee. It seems I thought it was when in 2004, when it happened to me, I called it a spiritual awakening. A lot of people were using that term for their own experience. And I've had multiple spiritual awakenings in my life. I wrote about in my book, I've seen lights um, some modern psychiatrists would describe my experiences as hallucinations. <clears throat> I don't. I've always described them as spiritual experiences. And the one in 2004 was a big one, a major, huge one for me. And um, I just assumed that it was happening to everyone everywhere. I don't know. I guess that's just a common sense thing a dummy would assume. You know, if it's happening to me, this must be happening to everyone, like raindrops, you know. 
because that's kind of how it seemed to me at the time. Like it was just like a, a, a like some strange weather did something that made me all of a sudden shift my thinking. Because that's really all it was. It was basically just me allowing my mind to say, "Am I wrong about the? Am I wrong about something? Am I being tricked about something? Am I being lied to?" You know, that's really all it was. Was doing that switch in my head and I was excited and I it wasn't until like 2012 ish when I really started kind of giving up hope in the whole great awakening I was like well like because everyone was going if you remember by the second term of Obama there it seemed like everyone was going into a deeper zombie trance than we've ever seen before. Obama really did activate the zombie army <clears throat> and recruited a bunch, like, like people... Be, I, I watched people just become zombies in 2008 over Obama. Well, it was over... It was a contrast. It was over the horrors of Dick Cheney um, juxtaposed with Barack Hussein Obama. I'm not sure if juxtaposed is the right word there. Let's see. I think it works. Some people get stuck on different layers. You know, that happens all the time. For example, uh, you see a lot of people get stuck on Zionism. Or it could be anything. I use that as an example, but it could be anything. And that's, if, if, that's the, just the human mind's uh, need, I guess, for some people, to have an answer. And to have, in this case, a clear victim to blame and punish. But... Those people who get stuck on that layer, what they're not seeing is that when you peel that layer back, it's just another deception. And if you keep peeling back, you'll soon eventually realize how your mind works and how the whole victim, you know, uh, scapegoat is well thought out. One has to assume in my opinion, that the enemy knows you better than yourself. So, like I said in the beginning of this, I have got about 52 years of experience of learning my own psychology and my own perspectives, um, which would make me, I think, an expert on my own perspectives. I assume, I believe I correctly assume, that the enemy knows me even better than I do. And like I said, I've spent 52 years. So that's saying a lot. So they know me better. So it's important to stay humble and always, always head on a swivel. Always be checking your surroundings. Always situational awareness. Always checking in. Always looking from as many different angles and perspectives as possible. Knowing that you could be missing something. You, you, you can almost guarantee you're missing something. So that's, a, that's something you can just 
accept as, as a reality and then go from there. Keep, keep open. <clears throat> and so that is what I think the awakening is. It is, and if you look at it from that perspective, we are living in an incredible time because like this was written about for millennia as an, uh, as an individual experience. <clears throat> How lonely, you know, because throughout all of time, there have been people that are aware of all this stuff. And I guess... I guess in the modern era is really when it's really become the big illusion because there were times where slaves knew exactly that they were slaves, you know. But they were still, uh, I'm sure, ignorant to the exploits, most of them. No, actually, now that I'm saying it out loud, of course they were. That's the game. You, people are emotional creatures, and if you're, if you're in the business of hurting humans and exploiting them, you have to be very careful. You have to, uh, you know, keep them calm, keep them pacified. Unless you want to collapse a government, is like what we're seeing in Sri Lanka. Then you just want to cut off their fuel and their food, and eventually they'll turn into an angry mob and become your, the zombie army you've always dreamed of. So one of the teachings I've heard in the East is that when the fruit is ripe, it falls from the tree. And this is the answer to like when a person becomes enlightened or when a person has this awakening. And so that suggests basically that, you know, a person's just not ripe yet, and that is one of the reasons why our loved, our loved ones are still brainwashed. Is they're just not ripe to see it. And I, I think that's a good attitude to have as far as uh, being unattached to needing to see that person wake up. But we are also living in a time which I would describe as, I do think this is a great awakening. Like, there's no way to tell how many people are actually seeing it. It's not everyone. I, I honestly tend to think that the numbers that guy said uh, on the mass psychosis are pretty accurate, you know? Basically, in you know, the 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 quick summary is like thirty three percent, thirty three percent, thirty three percent, right? A third, a third are brainwashed. A third can never be brainwashed, and a third is like uh, the herd is going to follow whichever one's lost. I know those weren't his numbers, but that's roughly it. I think that one of the main reasons. I'm going to highlight this because I think this is, we're going to have to return to this. But I think one of the main reasons why people are are um, 
persuaded into the zombie army is because they are hiding from something. There is something inside of them, whether it was a traumatic experience that they have yet to deal with, something they're still, some baggage, some kind of emotional baggage they're still clinging to or holding onto or hiding from. And so because they are hiding, because they have embraced a lie for emotional comfort, then they will be an ally to um, all other lies, you know? The alliance of liars. Something like that, right? And it could be the littlest thing. You know, it could be just something that happened to him when they were seven years old or six years old and maybe something just happened once and, and they've just never looked at it. And so they, and, 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 that, and that requires a great deal of energy, whether you're aware of it or not, to mentally you know, embrace the lie. It's one of the reasons why it's so liberating to, to not lie, <laughs> to just speak openly and genuinely, you know, because it, it's a great conservancy of energy. So that's tricky. You have to keep that in mind. Really, the the... What that says then is the best way to get a person to wake up is for them to face their own demons and slay their own dragon and become as, you know, personally healthy, mentally and spiritually, you know, like, like they don't need to worry about what's happening on the world stage first, maybe first they need to address what's going on with them. Uh, now that I say that, I mean, that kind of was my path. I mean, the, what started before 2004, I was on the pursuit of my own mental health, my own spiritual health, because this is what's what my whole book was about. By the time, you know, in the early 2000s, my early 30s, by the time I was 33, basically, that was, that was like one of the lowest years of my life. Uh, it was it was a time in my life that inspired me to do something about it. So I started facing my own demons, uncovering my own shadows and all that stuff. And it was in that process that I then had this moment where all of a sudden I started just seeing it, you know. And then and once you start seeing it and everything, it's it's it's, it's what's really weird is how you didn't see it before. I mean, that's really what's weird. So one of the best things I think to do to, um, when you think about your loved ones who are brainwashed is to reflect upon when you were brainwashed. Like maybe you never were. I mean, from a very young age, I didn't trust anyone. And when I watched the TV or when any, and anyone in an authoritative position said something, there was always always this rebellious part of my mind that's, that would nudge me and remind me that 
Greg, you can't trust that person. You know, they're, they're lying. They're probably lying. So that's, and I'm glad I had that. Um, it's done me well in life. Uh, but um, I still was brainwashed, you know. So I can reflect back before 2004 to how my mind, the difference between my perspective before and since. That's a good thing to keep in mind. Because really, the only person who can wake up, wake, it's, it's the individual. Only the individual can really uh, wake themselves up. But it does seem to be happening to uh, exponentially more and more people. And I believe that's because, here's the thing, once you, once you start asking yourself the question, am I being lied to about something, the normal uh, reaction would be to, to, out of curiosity, just start looking for things that could prove that to be true or false. And we're living in a time right now where you don't even really have to look for them. They're just happening on the news. Like the Biden administration is, is a never-ending bucket full of, like, proofs. If anyone's looking, things aren't hiding like they used to, right? So if you're, if you're out there looking like, am I being, is, is, you know, looking for evidence of a grand conspiracy, it's everywhere. It's obvious. So that is obviously a big part of the Great Awakening, and that is what the, uh, the word apocalypse breaks down to, is like sort of the things are being revealed. So that's causing a Great Awakening. Where does this lead to? I'd like to think it leads to a golden age. I, used to, uh, I was convinced of that for, um, for many years. And uh, I'm not so sure anymore. I think it really. I think it's really going to come down to us. I don't know if it's already written. But I mean, like for example, I've seen some people celebrating Sri Lanka. I've even heard someone refer to it as a populist revolution. And that's not what it is. I mean, I don't think so. I guess I'm only seeing images on TV and hearing the news, but from what I can tell, it's, a, it's, it's an outraged mob. It's uh, because they're starving and, they're, and they have no fuel and they have no choice now but to join together into an angry mob and start violently attacking the people that they blame. And that's not... Uh, that's not, a, that's not a thing to celebrate. That's part of the plan. You know, Klaus Schwab even talks about this. This is the angry world. We have to now prepare for a more angry world. <clears throat> that's what they want. They're experts at, at that sort of thing. You know, look at the Middle East. Look at uh, all these... other uh, governments that they've collapsed. So 
the way to do it is to is to like get ahead of that, you know, to um, become enlightened and actually have a genuine populist revolution, which really shouldn't require, shouldn't have any sort of mob violence. Mob violence is sort of a red flag indicator that this is not, uh, this is not what we're going for. You could have uh, trials and uh, public executions. That's, that's a whole different story, but... So, I mean, one can hope for a golden age. Or is it like a, an effect of the end of uh, civilization? <laughs> you know? It doesn't matter. Um, the thing that matters is to be present and not be afraid. One of my, the nice things our, our friend from Serbia said in the comments was a reminder of to not fear. And that is uh, it's a, probably the most important thing to remember. It's one of my favorite Bible passages. It talks about uh, being like the birds. You know, the birds don't worry if they're going to get, you know, any food that day or get, they're going to, they just go out and live their day and everything's taken care of for them. And I love that because I do have a tendency to worry. I, I often say I don't, I'm not really a, f a fearful person, but uh, worry is kind of the same thing, is it not? And I do suffer, I do struggle with worry. So anyways, you don't want to worry. Just want to stay true and stay present. Can you wake someone up? I don't think you can. I don't think you can wake up a brainwashed person. There are stories from the East, once again, of like enlightened people tapping someone on the head to where they experience the truth. <laughs> but those stories, uh, I mean, one, I tend to think that they are either superstitious, uh, the superstitious element of the culture. Every culture has their superstitious element or um, its allegory. But either way, it's pretty understood that that's meaningless. It's, you know, uh, it, it's, it, you really have to see it. You have to come there on your own understanding. Really? I mean, obviously, that's it, right? Because otherwise, you don't, you don't grasp it. That's what it's all about. It's about, it's about your, your mentally being able to grasp the truth. And, uh, and it's... I don't think, I mean, in my experience, it's not like I've ever seen the complete, absolute truth. In my experience, it's just peeling away the layers of the lies, getting closer to truth. <clears throat> I mean, there are some things, I guess you could say, that are black and white, but not many. <clears throat> so I don't think you can wake someone up. Now, I think I've mentioned before in conversation, maybe on the podcast, that I believe that the reason I love my job is I feel like my job has 
is uh, helping to wake people up. But if I did ever say that, I don't think I'm, I don't think I, it's possible to make a video that will wake someone up. But what you can do is you can provide information for when a person chooses to ask these questions. You know, because it, it is like, it's like free will, isn't it? Isn't that like the ultimate example of free will is shifting your perspective, your mental perspective, opening your mind to something and choosing to look at it from another perspective where, where you're accepting the possibility that you could have been deceived and wrong the whole time? It requires a level of maturity and you know, emotional intelligence or something that I guess you could even say that a person typically doesn't have prior to that experience. You know, once you acquire that quality, then it becomes a part of you, you know, that open, open-mindedness that uh, we're talking about. And uh, from, like I said, from my experience, that really only comes from making the choice. And the only way I was able to get to that point in my life was by facing my own demons. And once again, I'm going to repeat it because it makes sense to me now that I'm talking about it out loud. I really think this is the case. This is what keeps people blind, is there. They are not aware, they are unaware of how much they are exerting, how much energy they are exerting to, to stay deceived so that they don't have to face that scary shadow that they, they know is there, but they deny it. They pretend it isn't there. That takes a lot of energy. And you could even argue that this is the purpose of abusing people with the pedophilia a lot of it if when you if you've gone down that rabbit hole maybe you have had personal experiences or whatever then you know that a lot of this is appears to be random and uh, like as far as targeting who you know whoever it's just like whoever you can get and uh, a lot of it seems to be weaponized and that's probably why is because it makes a person more Deceived in some cases. It can even turn people into psychopaths. And that's a whole other topic of conversation. Telling someone that they're deceived is never effective. Ever. 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 Now, from my personal experience, whenever someone, whenever another human being tries to arrogantly tell me that I'm wrong about something, I immediately shut them off. I will, even, even, um, 
probably even today, with an open, with the ability to look at things openly, I will, if they seem, I will take note of what they say and I will do my own research. But nobody likes that. And, and uh, nobody likes that. It's starting a fight. When you, uh, when you tell someone, when you challenge someone's belief, um, uninvited, then it's no different than starting a fight with that person. That's exactly what that is. It's like drawing your sword. It's challenging that person. It's basically saying, you're a dummy. You're wrong. And now that person is forced to react. Because if they, if they just say nothing and accept it, then it's like, yeah, you're, you, you, you beat them in a fight. So they have to either fight back or they'll just, in most cases, just uh, get very emotionally upset and act accordingly. <clears throat> and anyone who's dealt with brainwashed people, especially in the past few years, knows that's true. And it's not a surprise either, because, I mean, that's how we all are. Nobody likes that. And it's, is it, it's not even a good thing. Like, um, does anyone actually think that that's righteous? No matter how convinced you are that you're right, no matter how important you've convinced yourself that it is, that everyone must sway to your belief. Is it actually righteous to try to preach that upon someone else, to try to proselytize, I don't know if that's the right word, to try to, uh, you know, persuade another person into seeing things your way? Is that righteous? Or is that just ego-driven? Is that just a way for a person to validate their own arrogant beliefs that they are right and therefore somehow better off than everyone else? Because that ain't true either. I mean, I mean, maybe I'm overdoing it on that because there is a sense of um, urgency where it is frustrating and it is very frustrating because it's so obvious to see these days, like I said earlier, I mean, things are just so blatantly obvious. It almost to me seems like, like I tend to think that there are no, like a lot of people say, oh, these people are so dumb. Look at them. I think there's something, I, these are puppets, right? And I don't think the puppet masters are as dumb as the puppets are appearing to be. I think the puppet masters quite possibly, quite likely, have chosen these dumb puppets on purpose because they want us to think that. They want us to think, oh, look at these dummies. They're being set up. I don't know why. I guess what I'm trying to say is I don't know what's going on either. 
but it's uh, it's not what you're being told. So people got their shield of armor up already, these days especially, because people don't have much, but they do have their ego or their pride. And that's just going to become more emboldened, you know, as people get less and less out of their, of their luxuries and their, you know, the less, as our luxuries and comforts are taken away, people are going to become more you know, ego-driven. So, I mean, it's like, uh, what do you do then? Well, What I do is <laughs> as soon as I got my job, the my family basically said uh, you know, strongly disapproved. I think someone used the word disgusted. Disturbed. Deeply disturbed. And so I didn't want to get into it with them. I just took that as a see you later. And it's been like that since, and it's been f a few years. And it, it bothers me at times, but I can't, I don't see it any other way. Because I understand enough to know that there's nothing I can do to change their minds. And I also know there's nothing that, obviously they can do to bring me back into zombie mode. And so I don't see energy well spent. So I'm grateful. And I, I, um, I feel like uh, very consumed by my job. Like I don't really have time for any real relationship. So that's not bad either, but that's me. <clears throat> the, the original question was people that, you know, live with family or have loved ones that are brainwashed. This is where the comments section will come in handy because this is where you can share how you do it. Because like I said, I don't have to really do it. And I get triggered by it. Like when I'm out, when I, the very, very, very few times where I'll see it out in public, I feel like I have no patience for it. Because it's extremely frustrating. Especially because it's costing a lot, it's, it's causing a lot of damage right now. And it's really that. That's really what it is. It's the lie. It's the love of the lie. People are hiding from the truth. The solutions I will offer is I think that prayer is real. And I also think that the more we work on ourselves, I believe 
in my experience, I see the more I work on myself, the more the different. I notice it seems to have an effect on the world around me. I guess what I'm trying to say is, is that is probably I think the one way that we can affect the external world is by affecting ourselves, our own personal growth. <clears throat> Has some type of quantum effect. So, that's the main thing, I think, is to just continue, you know, because you have to remember, <clears throat> just because you're starting to see through the illusion doesn't mean you've reached the finish line. You know, it doesn't mean that you've, there isn't more valuable work for you to, more darkness for you to shed the light in. You know what I mean? But then there's also um, acceptance, you know, accepting this, forgiving it, having compassion. Uh, and I really do think it's it's going to be kind of a personal thing for everyone. So you could always be there for a person and uh, maybe not with like what's happening in the government, but what's happening in their lives, you know. A lot of times I think you could just be there for someone to uncover their own thing. You know, this is once again that you have no control over this. But by having a compassion and an open heart and not needing to direct the conversation, allowing the person to sort of, well, allowing the zombie to sort of, you know, find the light. <laughs> I think that'll lead to a red pill eventually, you know? I really do. Once a person lets go, all they got, all they got to do is, is, be, is, is get to the point where they realize that they can be fooled and that they've been fooled before. And in order to get to that point, you have to... You have to let go of all these little lies, or at least all the big ones. But in the end, I think people are probably going to need a spanking. You know, I don't think, I used to think that the Great Awakening is just going to be this beautiful, beautiful thing of everyone waking up and peacefully making everything better. That's kind of what I thought in 2004, you know, just because it seemed, once you saw it, it, it just seemed so easy to fix. You know, like, we can do that. We're smart enough to fix all these problems. And we, and we seem good enough to, to want to fix all these problems. And we seem good enough that we could even create a golden age. I, I do believe that. <clears throat> But these days, uh, I just think, you know, we're going to need a spanking before we get there. You know, like, what do I mean by that? Well, like Sri Lanka. Sri Lanka's, what's happening there, it's nothing to celebrate. It's part of the plan. The good news, if there is any in, in it, is that maybe it's happening ahead of schedule. I mean, maybe they were hoping that this would happen worldwide all around the same time, which I could see how that would be very effective to their to their plan. The fact that it's happening in Sri Lanka while the world is watching, what's really going to be telling is where this goes next. 
you know. And, um, I mean, I guess it could go, I guess, I guess the, the people could all of a sudden realize that they're going to be good stewards and they're going to actually care about these things and they're going to become awakened and they're going to, you know, all work together to just sort of naturally and organically create a order and a fair government and fix all the problems. But I don't think that uh, humanity is at that point. What's going to happen now is there are going to be all kinds of shenanigans happening behind the scenes from CIA types and all of their allies working together to make sure that the destabilization is sort of in a, con a controlled demolition and uh, and I would imagine mainly trying to make sure that, that there is no grassroots uh, populist government coming into play. They want total chaos. They want bedlam so that they can offer a solution. And I imagine the original plan to all this, the solution would simply be a new global currency you know, sort of like a updated modern version of the Chinese social credit score. And then everyone here will give you a, a, a bank account digital with, with, you know, a bunch of money. <laughs> and that money should be able to get you through this. I mean, that seems to be probably their plan. But once again, the good news is it seems like I don't think we're there yet. I don't think they have that infrastructure in place to execute that plan. If their plan was the blockchain, then they definitely don't have it in place. And um, if that's what Bitcoin was, if Bitcoin was the banking industry putting it out there, then the reason they did it was to try to get the infrastructure there, right? To outsource the innovation, to basically just leave it up to the 7 billion humans to have a few people uh, figure it out, you know? And we haven't gotten there yet. So that is the good news, is it does seem to be... Well, we'll see. <clears throat> we'll see, but I'm going to, I think my next report is going to be on Sri Lanka. The, the gist of my next report is just basically a reminder that this isn't a good this isn't a good outcome. This is part of the plan. This is the more angry world. We we are going to have a more angry world. And uh but we'll see. We'll see how they come through. It's interesting because India is is aligned with BRICS. And I mean, I could see how, like, the way, well, it'll be telling. We'll see. I'm not going to speculate or make up any possible outcomes because I don't I have no idea. I just know that it's not 
like a natural populist revolution. It's a reaction. Sri Lanka is not a revolution. It is a reaction. And if we wait long enough here in America or in Canada or in Australia or in the UK or wherever you live, if we wait that long to the point where all of a sudden we just can't, we don't have any more money, we don't have any more fuel, we don't have any more food, then uh, we're going to have that too. We're going to have angry mobs. And uh, if I were you, I'd, I would be locked inside with your loved ones when that day comes. And hopefully we can avoid that. Hopefully Sri Lanka is, is just burning up karma right now and uh, serving humanity by, by red-pilling more of us into seeing how we need to stop sitting around and doing nothing. So I think the final note I have is the only answer I ever got from this question, how to wake up, the, how to deal with the brainwashed, was um, when I met uh, Syed Mohammed Husseini, the leader of the Iranian restart populist movement. One of my favorite things about my job is I get to meet people from all over the world. People, some of you guys, you know, from all over the world and people, friends I've made on social media that I keep in touch with. I find that to be a very rich experience, you know. Um, the internet that's really what the internet did, in my opinion, from what I could tell, because I was always a fan of going to the library and researching things that were curious. Uh, what the internet did, from my experience, was the internet seemed like the first time where people inter- all over the world, common people from all over the world, could compare notes. You know, you didn't, you didn't need to be like a PhD student or, uh, you know, peer-reviewed anyone could review anyone else's sort of story. Pretty cool. So anyways, uh, I got to meet uh, Sayed Mohammed Husseini and interview him, very cool guy. And we were talking and somewhere in the conversation, I came up with this question. How can we wake the brainwashed people up? It seems impossible. It seems like they're getting more and more brainwashed. And his answer was, he said, now, he doesn't speak English, <clears throat> so there was a translator there, and he's Persian, and his answer kind of make, just makes me have more respect for the Persian culture. Persian culture is very cool. His answer was the art. We have to change the art. He says the herd, the brainwashed herd will always follow the art. He says he said they always have and they always will and there's nothing you can do to change that. And at first I didn't know what he was talking about, art. I was like, what do you mean art? Do you mean like, you know, paintings or 
classical music or, you know, I'm trying to think of art. And then I realized art is media. What I'm doing right now technically is art. But in the West, I think we've become so propagandized and everything is really down, become more about information and deceiving people and, you know, or both the truth and the lies. Uh, You know, we are definitely living in through some dark ages. And so our art reflects that our art is CNN. That is the art, like it or not. The View. Stephen Colbert, or whatever you call those late night shows. That's art. All of it together, really, is the art. Pop culture is probably the most accurate synonym in today's Western world. Is pop culture synonymous with art as to what Sayed was saying. <clears throat> and I think he's right. And think about it. I, I, I'm convinced that these people, as crazy as they appear to be on, on the videos that we've seen, of just insane, radicalized, ready to burn it all down over, you know, whether it be Roe v. Wade or Ukraine or whatever, you know, the, 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 the next big thing or whatever. The reason that they're going insane is because uh, they're being told to do insane things, but they'll do them. And so I think maybe Sayed was, Sayed was right. And if we want to change the direction of the herd, the only way to really do that is to take control of the art And I think if you back up far enough and look at the whole picture objectively, I think that sort of makes obvious sense. Like, um, we don't have a healthy pop culture. A lot of people like to play video games, and I'm not picking on anyone who likes to play video games, but... When I used to play, I would play a few video games. I, and the reason I could never get into it was because would, they would creep into my dreams. And basically the games that I would find entertaining to play are the first-person shooter games, basically, where you're you know, shooting people or creatures. <clears throat> and uh, the, the video game experience would reflect in my dreams to where I'd be like having dreams of just like walking through hallways shooting people, you know? That's not good for anyone unless you're trying to desensitize people and train soldiers a zombie army. That's not really healthy for anyone. You know, you are what you eat and this pop culture is food. It's Some traditions call it mental food. Rap music has become extremely big in pop culture. And if you now, if you go into the alternative world, you'll find some positive lyrics, but you're not going to find any positive lyrics 
on the uh, on the big stage. All the big artists, you're you're not allowed to get on that big stage unless you spew something to trigger the ego into going into lower mind and living more like a savage, you know. So the art is to blame for the madness of the zombie. That's how they were able to create their zombie army. Was it Lenin who said, give me an entire generation and I'll change the world? Well, these people have had more than an entire generation. At least, they've at least had an entire generation with their, you know, pop culture, propaganda, art. So, that means that uh, ultimately we're going to have to take control of the art and change it. And until then, we're probably going to be left to deal with this wild herd. <laughs> but I'll finally wrap it up with this. I think the real question is, is since we have very little power over any of these things, the, uh, the real question is, how can I be of service? Converting other people's, that's not an option because you can't do that. You might want to, but you can't. In fact, if you really ask the question, how can I be of service, you have to, you really have to check your motives. You can't really serve others if you have this outcome, this specific certain outcome that you want to see realized, right? Because now you're not really serving others, you're serving yourself. You're, you're serving your, your desire to see a certain outcome. That's what I do. Um, I'm doing okay now, but for a while there, I was questioning whether or not I was actually being of any service in my current work. But I feel like I'm being of service though. Now I, I think I was just tripping out. I imagine we're all tripping out a little bit, huh? This is a trippy time we're living through. So that's it, folks. Thanks for listening. I hope... That was enjoyable, and I hope it made you think, and I hope it was somewhat beneficial because, like I said, you know, I'm really not the expert on this because I don't really, uh, you know, I don't really uh, practice it, you know? I recently, uh, well, yeah. So, yeah. Thanks again, guys. Hope you guys are all doing well. I love you. And next week, it'll prob probably be for subscribers only. So I hope everyone else has a great time. And uh, thank you. Thanks for listening. See you guys soon.